What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a long-awaited edition of SSPN Recaps. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing great, Jude. How are you? I'm doing great. Other than the Spurs' nine-game losing streak, I'm sure oh, well. that I'm sure that I'm sure that you would say the same. Um, yeah. But we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it, man. We're gonna have a debrief. We're gonna have a therapy session. Whatever you want to call it. We're just going to talk about what we've been seeing. The last game that we did, I believe the last post game we did together was against, I was thinking it was the Thunder, but I think it might have been the Heat. Um, I think it was the Heat. Yeah, I think it was the Heat too. Did we end up doing the Thunder one or did we just watch that one? Because it was on TV. I can't can't remember. Yeah, I think I'm just trying to remember if if the Thunder game was after the Heat game, which I think it was. You know what? It, the Thunder game was after the Heat game, but I'm gonna make this easy. Let me just go to YouTube real quick on my other, my Did other. Did you monitor. see that? Look at this. What? Oh, it's gone now. That thumbs up icon just popped up on the screen, and I didn't even ask for it. Oh. I wonder well. if it popped up in the recording. I should have brought up the schedule before we started, guys. But we appreciate you guys being <laughs> here. Um, I know that the the only reason I bring that up is because that was a giant blowout. We did the Heat, and you did the Clippers, but okay. we haven't done anything between that. But was was the Thunder game in between the Heat yes. game? It was Correct. after it? Okay, Correct. that's what I thought. All right. Yeah, because you because in the, the Heat game, you know, it was like, okay, we had had two games that were kind of close back-to-back, mm-hmm. and then you had the Thunder just annihilation that really kind of set things back, and we've kind of been, obviously we've had, you know, like the Grizzlies game, you played a solid three quarters in that one, even though really you got outscored in the third quarter as well, but still, you know, you had the lead going into the fourth and then unfortunately collapsed. And then the Kings game was a little bit closer to the other ones, but it was kind of always out of hand. Like we fought back into it, but this was kind of the theme that I said on last night's episode, Ethan. Like even looking back at the Kings game and last night, we made a little bit of a run in the third quarter. It wasn't as close as the Kings game, but it was like, I feel like a lot of Spurs fans still had the feeling like inevitably at the end, we're, we're not going to make the plays in crunch time. Whether we lose by 20 or we end up losing by 10, like, or single digits kind of close to that. Um, in both of those third quarter runs that we had in both of those games, I don't, I don't think those gave Spurs fans as much hope as they would under different circumstances, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And really, it stems from our issue all year has been an inconsistency to play 48 minutes a night. Uh, We've had games where we've had a good 12 minutes, even a good 24 minutes. Hell, Jude, even a good 45 minutes. But we cannot finish a game to start our lives. And if we don't finish well, we're not starting well. So it it really stems from inconsistency, um, lapses defensively, and all of that goes back to what we continue to harp on, which is a lack of chemistry because of our age and our inexperience and just playing together. Um, I can't remember the number of games, but even the four guys that really played consistent starting minutes last year, I'm thinking um, Devin, Keldon, Zach, and Jeremy only played, what was it, like 30 games together last year? I think it was actually less than that because Devin only played 35 um, by himself. So throw Victor Wimbanyama into that, add a couple role players like Chetty, the fact that Pop is slowly implementing a scheme and really not playing toward Wemby's strengths right now. um, It's not a recipe for success. Yeah, (laughs) you echoed a lot of my sentiments 
that I had last night, just in that little synopsis that you had right there. Um, you know, my, my thing was, you know, you talked, you just talked about how there wasn't a lot of minutes where those guys played together last mm-hmm. year, you know, not as much as you think because of the injuries. Yeah. But at the same time, we've had a couple of those, you know, the abductor that Devin has, I saw a comment, um, from the post game last night where I was saying, you know, I don't know how serious that is, or if, you know, this is just be the Spurs being the Spurs. I kind of leaned into that. That's what I kind of assumed. But, uh, one of our commenters, I forget his name, but, or their name, uh, brought up a good point and said that, you know, the abductor, that's, that's something that can be really nagging. And he actually said that's what ruined Romeo Lankford's career. Now I haven't really looked too much into that, but I do know that Romeo Lankford was a very, you know, a much higher touted player than what his career has kind of turned into. And I remember that he did have some injury trouble in Boston, you know, that kind of kept him out. And obviously that's what he was referring to. So he was saying, you know, you don't want to rush that and then have further damage long-term. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. so not only is that reasonable, but two, we know that the Spurs are overly cautious anyway, right? Which is what I thought they were just being in general, not even thinking that, okay, this is actually something you don't want to re-aggravate. So if he already has had to sit out again because of it, because we've seen, you know, we saw him sit out earlier this year, come back for a couple games, you know, played that that weird twelve minute stretch in the in the Knicks game, and then now he's back on the bench. Um, you know, he's probably just going to be out until that's fully healed, and who knows? Maybe that's in a week. Um, well, actually, I say that, and and I think I saw today that he's probable or questionable uh, for tomorrow's game against the Clippers. So maybe we see him back tomorrow. But mm-hmm. still, that's not something that you want to you want to necessarily rush. I don't think that's just like yes, the Spurs being overly cautious ties into keeping him out. But it's not just because of that. It also has to do with with the nature of the injury. But the whole reason I bring that up, Ethan, is when you take somebody out, on top of everything else that you just mentioned that we're having struggles with, when you take somebody out of the rotation, then, I mean, we're, we're playing Mamu, we're playing, you know, we're playing Doug Moore, God, God bless him, but you know what I'm saying? Champagne. You can, are, you can are, right, Champagne starting, and what does that do? It creates a whole nother list of problems for us that only exacerbates the issues that we already have yeah uh i think the only bright side to that is we're not going to be winning any games this year anyway so (laughs) right we could look at it as a blessing in disguise obviously we want devin Vassell to be out there so he can improve as well as well as play alongside Wemby, because at least i think he is the robin for the eventual batman that is when binyama look at the contract seems like the first thing think that too but at the same time, it it will allow for ugly basketball, and I know that sounds like a negative, but allows for ugly basketball in the sense that other guys now have an opportunity to, to spread their wings a little bit more and go through the growing pains um, in a more with more emphasis. Like I think about Jeremy Sohan. Um, he, he doesn't have Devin there to rely on in instances where okay, I'm having a tough game as a point guard. Let me kick it ahead to Devin and let him be the primary ball handler. That's no longer a crutch for him with Devin being injured the way that he is. He has had to take that next step. And I think he's really embraced that, to be honest, Jude. I know we haven't been winning games, but he has looked better individually. He looks more aggressive. He is getting to the rim, looking for his shot, and not posting up so quickly coming off of pick and rolls. Um, He is really staying faced up. Um, and I think his handle's gotten better. I don't think he's gotten picked off nearly as much. They're still pressuring him, 
And that's a, a very smart move by opposing teams. He does get flustered sometimes, um, but he has taken up that challenge, and I have seen growth in that area. It's funny you mentioned that because on the post game last night, that was one of the things. That was like one of the few positives I could mm-hmm. think of to muster. Even you know last night, if take the score out of it, just watch Jeremy handling the ball. And this mm-hmm. is against this Clippers team. Now, granted, you know sometimes if it's Harden take that out. <laughs> yeah. But when he's when he's matched up with with Kawhi or Paul George, you know what I'm saying? Like the dribble is tighter, he's lower to the ground. Um and it, it, like I like you said, his handle has improved um and he's less turnover prone um at least when it comes to dribbling um than he was 13 games ago. I also think he's seeing the court a little bit better too. He's he's making the right play more often. It's not perfect. And for the people in the comments that are dead set on we need to bench Jeremy now or we just need to bench Keldon and move Jeremy to the four, the small forward spot, whatever your opinion may be. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> to be quite frank. So let him grow in this position, and eventually if we want to draft another point guard or sign some big all-star or trade for you know down-the-road LaMelo ball or whatever the solution might be, right. he will only be a better small or power forward because of this season. This is only going to help him long term Um, because right now, as he is, uh, as a guy that can't handle the ball and not necessarily the greatest shooter, he's not the best wing offensively. So give him this aspect of his game opens up everything else, Jude. So me and a friend of mine were texting about this last night. We were just kind of kind of doing what we're doing right now. We were just debriefing about the Spurs in this nine game losing streak. And one of the things that we talked about was exactly that, man. Like, so think about it. You've already heard the Draymond comparison for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that that's more to his antics and his defensive physicality than it is for his, you know, uh, overall game, if you will. Mm-hmm. But think about it. We played him at the four last year, and I, as much as, like Pop said and like you said, this season, this ain't changing. Like, like Pop told you already, this is the official 2023-2024 experiment. I know we've said that before, but it's just the truth. Like, we could sit here and advocate lineup changes all that we want, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they're not going to do that. And to be honest with you, this is the other thing that we haven't really said as much this year, that obviously you and I, this goes as like an unspoken thing. But guys, let, let, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of a reality check here. No matter what you believe or what you think, or if you think that Pop is, you know, he's he's past his prime, you know, this is a different era. It's, you know, we've had these losing seasons, even with DeJounte and DeRozan, who weren't able to really get over the hump, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. He has the most wins all time. He has five championships, and he knows more about basketball, way more about basketball than any of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... And if that upsets you, I really don't know what to tell you because that's just I'm not really trying to, you know, push just my narrative here or push the Spurs narrative. But that's just straight facts, in my opinion. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't even really think it's an opinion. It's just like he has the most wins all time and five championships and he's Greg Popovich. And he's like one of the most basically literally everybody in the NBA calls him the coaching goat. And that's for a reason. And it's not even just the NBA. Everybody in the coaching community calls him the GOAT. I mean, I could tell you multiple different stories of, of basketball coaches that I've interacted with at the high school and college level, and even some at the pro level as well, that 
all of them say that. I mean, he is he's like a like a Larry Brown or mm-hmm. a Pat Riley, but he's he's at the top of it because of all that he's accomplished and how long he's had success in one place. Um, so there's my pop rant <laughs> that we haven't had for the season. And I know a lot of you guys already know that. Um, but at the same time, this is what we're doing at point guard and this season. Mm-hmm. And this is the other thing. I know that everybody can bring up numbers and stuff. I saw Andrew Lopez's article for ESPN that said, you know, uh, when when Trey's on the floor, Wimby's shots are like 27% better. You know, it's like all these like real metrics. nitty real nitty gritty numbers and metrics. And and Jeremy had zero assists last night. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, what do you mean he's improving? It's like, watch, watch the game last night, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember what happened in the first Clippers game? And then, <laughs> I mean, it, it was a little yeah. bit better. You know, it wasn't 40 this time, but it was very similar. Like, it, they were shutting down everything. And then on top of that, when you don't have when you don't have Devin there, um, but regardless of even Devin not being there, the offense was discombobulated overall. It, it wasn't just Jeremy. Like, sometimes Jeremy's, like, he's done everything he's supposed to do, and then you know, everybody's getting harassed by Kawhi and Paul George, Mm -hmm. which just to be blunt, like (laughs) our guys, Champagny and Keldon aren't better than either of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's not Jeremy's fault that those guys are getting beat in off-ball movement situations. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And they're getting pressed and, and just physically beat. Like, And that's not even their fault either. Like, And people can say, oh, we expect more, blah, blah, blah. Julian Champagny is in his second year in the NBA on his first NBA contract, and he's 22 years old. We're expecting him to beat Kawhi Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi George, Kawhi Leonard, or Paul George in a one-on-one situation. Now, I I understand it a little bit more with Keldon, but still at the end of the day, Keldon isn't as good as either of those guys. Mm -hmm. Like, I, 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 w- I expect a little bit more for him from him because of his experience and his talent level. But I think you, you get what I'm saying here. So anyways, getting yeah. back to Jeremy. Like we've seen we've seen progressive improvements from him individually this season. And there's going to be games where we just get completely discombobulated because of where the team's at and the fact that we're the youngest team in the league. Mm-hmm. So I don't really take those games as indictments on Jeremy. That's what I was trying to get to. A hundred percent agreed. And I think a lot of us, including us to some extent earlier in the year, um, we lost track of the reality of the situation. If you just look at the Spurs roster face up against every other team in the West, we're bottom three. And that's without even playing the game. Like, that's without scheme, that's without coaching, that's without anything. That's just face value. So this is where we are. Is there a fix right now? No. It's going to be a take-the-time-to-develop-chemistry fix, as well as, like you said, individual improvements from game to game, like with Jeremy, even Keldon. He's having to learn how to play without the ball again. 
Last year, he was literally told, here's the ball, do whatever you want. Now he's being told we have Victor Wimbanyama, Devin Vassell is, should be back. Uh, Jeremy Sohan's the point guard. So he's had to really figure out where he sits. Zach's got the, the ball in his hands more. Exactly. Trey Jones is now has to score a little bit more. He's the spark plug off the bench. Literally everybody's in a different position, um, except for Doug McDermott. <laughs> he's, his, his position will never change. Come in and shoot. <laughs> that is it. Everybody else is learning new things. Um, so I think that's where you'll have to watch the game and see those small improvements day to day. And luckily, Jude, as people that watch the games like we do, we will see those. Uh, but if you're just looking at the box score, you're just looking at the big picture, the headlines, um, you, you might not. So I encourage you to watch. I encourage you to watch the games. If you really want to you know, see some positives out there, you'll have to you'll have to live with those small pockets there. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you touched on that, Ethan, because that was kind of another theme of my post game last night was I know we said it until we're, we're going to wait until Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I think we've seen enough, unfortunately. Um, and it was more just, you know, what I talked about when it comes to our season predictions. Like I said, I really think we're going to be competing for the play in in that nine ten spot, like 11 at the least. Right. Mm-hmm. One that ties into, and it's not even to make excuses. I'm just explaining why I did that. Like one, and, and why you kind of were in that same range. We had the Wembenyama hype. And like I said last night, not out on Wemby whatsoever, but it was probably going to take a little bit more time to translate than all of the headlines would make you feel. You know what I mean? And also just with all of the excitement for being a Spurs fan and in San Antonio. And if you're in Texas, regardless of where you're at, you could, you just kind of could feel it even more like both of us are. That's Mm -hmm. a minor thing, but I'm still trying to give the, the full big picture here. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, the way that the guys were talking at media day, you know, you want to, you want to believe them. And, and with the way that they were to, and, and, and the other thing was, I'm not saying they lied. Mm -hmm. I I really do believe they're holding themselves to a different standard this year. And that, that was how they were feeling coming in. But there's also the reality of the NBA, which has been, which has shown its face to us, uh, very, I was about to say bigly <laughs> profoundly <laughs> profoundly in these, in these first, uh, what are we at? 14 games, 14 yeah. games, yes, 14 sir. games of the season. So we led you astray. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll be the first to admit it as well. Agreed. First to admit it. Most definitely. We, we, I feel like we do a pretty good job at admitting our mistakes, Jude, or our takes that maybe didn't age well. Um, but just to say this point for anyone in the comments that may bring this up, um, and and to give you like a like a legitimate like this is something the team needs to improve on. Like I'm I'm holding everybody accountable for this. This shouldn't be very difficult in my eyes, but we've struggled with it. Just getting Wemby the ball more often. I know he is not shooting the best percentage from the mid-range. I know he's occasionally been hot and cold from three-point land, um, hasn't been getting the ball inside, but we still consistently miss him when he's open under the rim or we just don't throw it up when we should. I will continue to hold the team accountable. We need to fix that stat. I feel like that's an easy fix, Jude, personally. I like Again, I'm not pop. I don't know how to coach a team. But that seems like an easy fix. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there just always needs to be that emphasis. Mm -hmm. The flip side is what Devin said early in the season. You know, it's not every day that you play with a guy like this, you know. When you consider last season, like it's it's probably going to be a progressive thing. Like if at the end of the year we're doing it consistently, like that's a that's a good thing for this mm-hmm. season. That's a positive move for this team. But the other thing, because a lot of people have been saying this too in the comments, you know, on on Twitter, whatever, just the Spurs verse, um, is his shot selection. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have been criticizing that. Oh, you know, we don't we don't like what he's doing. And sometimes I get it. Like last night, there was a transition possession where Jeremy hits him on a bounce pass, right? And it's kind of in the mid-range, but we're moving, right? We're running. And he's got Terrence Mann in front of him. And I know Terrence Mann is a solid role player. Maybe one day I'd love to have him on the Spurs. I really like Terrence Mann. But Victor Wembenyama should not be settling for pull-up jumpers against Terrence Mann in transition. And that is a part of him learning the game. Mm -hmm. And really, to your point, he's not going to be able to be coached on those things or learn from them as much if we're not giving him the ball more. So that does kind of tie into this as well. But at the same time, I do understand Spurs fans' frustration in that sense. Um, but you just got to remember that he's <laughs> he's still learning. Like, that's just, I wish, I know that that's a broken record. I know that might feel like a cop-out for some people. But to be honest with you, it's just the truth. It is. It is the reality, and we will live with it. He's only 19 years old. Yes. Um, and again, to address some Twitterverse comments, Jude, uh, to those that think these fixes are simply a trade away for like a like a like a, a fringe point guard that like a fringe starting to bench point guard um, to replace Jeremy at the starting point guard, or to just elevate Trey and then have an additional point guard off the bench. I'm not a fan of that, Jude. Maybe. Maybe we find somebody that's really solid and can help us win an additional five games. Uh, but to me, the cost of possibly giving up draft capital or someone that's already on our roster, like a Blake Wesley, to get someone that'll make a marginal difference just isn't worth it. And it might just decrease our lottery odds. It it might. It might. And if we really want to be honest, uh, I was looking around the league at some avail- some guys that might be available like that. Um Statistically, as far as their assists are concerned, they're right about where Devontae Graham is. Like, and I know Devontae's not without his faults, but he's averaging four assists. He's only played two games with us um, this season, but four assists ain't bad. He, he's a natural point guard, technically. Like, if, if that's really the, the direction we want to go, just give him some minutes. But I don't think that would be a fix, personally. Yeah, and I don't think that they're going to, mm-hmm do that because as we've talked about like and that's not dismissing your point it just goes mm-hmm. back to the jeremy thing like jeremy's yes. starting which means trey's coming off the bench so yes. unless trey's hurt or we move him which i don't think we would do this year i just don't i, I maybe you know we don't sign him in the off season if we draft somebody um but i mean that's so far down the road road regardless i think that those are probably going to be our two point guards this year i feel pretty confident saying that throughout mm-hmm. the year um like I said, he's not going to get in. But I do want to talk about another thing, too, when we're talking about this. because, And I know we've talked about this before, um, and I don't want to go over this narrative, if you will. I don't really want to spend too much time on this because it's already been – we're 14 games into the season, and it's already been over-talked about, I feel like, by us uh, and, and just the Spurs-verse in general. 
Um, and that's Trey versus Jeremy at point guard. I just want to say this. Um, y'all, y'all gotta, I, some of y'all see it, but y'all gotta watch Trey on defense, man. Y'all really do. Like every time in a pick and roll situation. And let me say the same thing would happen to me. Trey is way, Trey, Trey Jones, you're way better at basketball than I will ever be. And you have a lot of skills that I really like. And I really like you as a San Antonio spur, but every time he's in a pick and roll situation, he gets caught behind the screen. Like maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it feels like it watching the game, which then you've got a ball handler in space coming off a screen. So that already that already means like we're going to have to have guys crash to help, which then could leave, you know, somebody open in the corner or wherever. Mm-hmm. It just opens things up for the other team's offense when you're in that situation. That happens pretty consistently. Um, but then also like this is the second game in a row against the Clippers. And I know this is just one example, but it ties into something that you and I talked about coming into the season of the appeal of starting Jeremy is the fact that when he goes up against a a bigger body point guard, like, like Russell Westbrook, which he did again, it's just, it's cookies. It's cookies for these guys. I mean, we talked about SGA. We talked about that coming into the season. I was like, that's somebody who could have cookies. (laughs) What did we see? What did we see in the thunder game? You know? Um, and, and, you know, and the other thing about this, and this doesn't happen throughout the game, but if you go look at the start of the Kings game and the start of the Thunder game, because it was mm-hmm. much closer, um, you'll see Jeremy push De'Aaron Fox and SGA out of shots and, and hold them, you know, in account. Now, obviously, these teams made adjustments. That's another thing that the Spurs have struggled with this year, coming out of the second half, but not even just coming out of the second half. Really, like in the, you know, after the first quarter, when you yeah. have your first little mini timeout, these teams make adjustments and they're just more experienced and and smarter than us as mm-hmm. of right now. I believe that these guys can get to that level eventually. You know, I think Jeremy is going to be like one of the highest IQ instinctive players in the league when he's at his prime. And mm-hmm. people can say that that's crazy, but I don't. It, exactly. And like I said, we're just, we're, we're getting, we're getting schooled, you mm-hmm. know, we're getting schooled by, by a lot of these, a lot of these teams that, um, you know, have veteran experience. And and that's the thing, Ethan, that's the majority of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I echo your sentiments and I want to add one note to that. Trey, even though he's coming off the bench is still getting 25 minutes a game. Jeremy's getting 28. Sometimes they're playing together. And a lot of times right. Trey is playing in crunch time. So it's not like he's not playing. And Jeremy's not playing point guard for 100% of the time. So despite that, we're still losing. So, Yeah, yeah. And I really don't have, have, have too much to add. I said I didn't want to Me spend neither. too much time on it. So, so let's just cut it off there. Um, but shout out to both, both Trey, Trey and Jeremy. Um, but... I think from my perspective, I've kind of seen why we've started him this year mm-hmm. um, because there, there would be a whole, like we're already had, we already have defensive issues Lots. and on with our starting unit. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is ball fakes. That's another mm-hmm. thing we could talk about. We jump at like everything. I yep. know Sean has always talked about, and I mentioned that on the post game last night, but Sean has always talked about that with Wembenyama specifically but it's really, it's really the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just another example. Like I said, you know, Trey getting beaten a pick and roll, how that can open things up. 
If you get somebody on a pump fake, you've got an open lane. What does that cause? People are going to crash and you're either going to get fouled at the rim or you're going to be able to pass out to a shooter. Yeah. It's been terrible <laughs> all year. Uh, but these yeah. are long-term fixes. Yes. Long-term fixes. And that does not mean one month. That means one, if not two seasons, to be completely honest. Yeah. And, you know, um, I th- there was a thought I had. I-, I may have texted you this. I don't know if I have, but I don't think I've said this on here. And this is going to be tough for a lot of people to hear, I feel like. Um, or not tough, but it's tough for some of you. Because I see s- some people in the comments as well that are like, patience, it's going to be all good. Go Spurs, go. We love that. And mm-hmm. and we love everybody too. We appre- If you comment on our video, we, we appreciate it. Seriously. Thank yes. you. Um, but at the same time, we're we're playing for like 2026 right now. We're not playing for 2023. That's why Jeremy's playing point guard. That's why we're not running scheme for for Wemby's like we could probably run it pop could probably come up with a scheme tonight that would make us a lot better you know what i mean but how much why would we why one how much better right and two what's the point when you could play this guy you could play Wembenyama for you know however 25 games or something and really get a feel for for him let him learn the NBA because if you try to start trying to throw all this scheme stuff on him right now, schemes are different in the, in the NBA than the French league, vastly different one, but there's going to be some nuances and things about the league that he doesn't understand yet. That once he does understand those things, when you give him the scheme, he's going to be able to execute it at a, at a much more efficient rate than he would have just throwing it on him immediately. I agree. We're, we're having a hard enough time playing free form, basketball suddenly we're implementing an entirely new offense and that's going to make it better it might it might it might make it worse and it might stunt his growth as well Um, i believe that pop has a plan i know i might be in the minority in that um but i have a feeling that the greatest coach of all time knows what he's doing right (laughs) crazy. i I know it's like it's like what a what a statement there ethan but it feels like that saying that if you were to go say that on Twitter, just be, yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody loses their minds. <laughs> like the Joker. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe this is just, maybe this season is just the, the Joker Harvey Dent conversation. <laughs> it's just chaos. Yeah. It, it's not about winning games. <laughs> it's, it's not about, about the money. It's about sending a sending message. <laughs> Jeremy Sohan will learn playmaking skills. That is our that is our message. Yo, but going back to that, that when I talked about Draymond, I don't know if I really finished that point in that comparison. Being a four and having playmaking skills in the modern NBA is going to be. It, it, I mean, that is going to make him such a better four yes. long term. Um, yes, if he goes back there, which I feel like he will. Um, so. That ties into what I just said, man. We're playing for 2026. We're not playing for 2023. There's a lot of good point guards um, in this upcoming draft. Isaiah Collier from USC. A lot of people have already been talking about him, but he could. He's not going to be, as far as I know right now, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I believe he's going to be like lower top 10 
Um, so, and, and that's prop, I mean, maybe, well, shoot, we might be higher. We'll see what happens. But if we do kind of flip a switch a little bit, Wemby gets a little bit more comfortable and say, we end up winning a, a couple more games than we did last year, you know, that might be more of our range. And you never know how the lottery can work out too. As much as it worked out for us last year, sometimes you can drop a bit, even mm-hmm. when you, you have one of those lower records. The point is, is it seems like he's somebody who could be gettable. Um, and there might be some other names in there and I don't want to jump too much into the draft, but it, it seems like we're definitely going to have some options in the draft to help us with some of our positional needs, um, going forward. And the other thing that I think that I forgot is we have the Raptors pick Mm -hmm. unless the Raptors were to just like, I think it's like top eight protected. So they would just have to completely like, you know, like they, Scotty, Scotty Barnes would have to get injured. You know, OG would have to get injured. Like most likely 99%, like we're going to have that pick as well. And that'll probably be somewhere in the teens. Um, so we got another two and and you know, the Spurs, man. Now this is one thing that, and I don't want to get too much into the draft, but I think this might be a year where maybe we don't just go fully best player available. I know they always say that that's what we're going to do, but I feel like at least for our first pick, we might be like point guard. Um, but for that next pick, that Raptors pick, you could pick up, you know, another Malachi. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah. Because there's going to be somebody that falls that's that's a top, you know, that's a top player. So we're going to be adding talent. We're going to be adding more talent. It's not the end of the world if we're a bottom three team this season, Ethan. It really isn't. I'm trying to find it, Jude. But do we have the Bulls pick this year or next year? 2025. 2025 and that. technically this year sorry to interrupt you no, but technically good. this year we have the hornets pick but it's it's i think it's lottery prote- it's it's either lottery protected or like top 10 and they're probably going to be there but if for some reason the hornets go crazy they actually i saw something that they might be interested in zach levine so mm. if that well. happens and then they it's it probably not going to happen but there is a like five percent chance we might get three picks that's my point we have Okay, this year we have our own pick, Charlotte's lottery protected, Toronto top six protected. Next year, Atlanta unprotected, our own pick, and Chicago top 10 protected. That's from the DeMar trade, right? Correct. And the 26th pick, I think we've swapped rights with Atlanta, and we have our own pick. So we're in good shape, Jude. We're in very solid shape. This will be my last thing. I said this on the post game last night, and we might have even texted about this, or this might have been somebody else, but I think you did send this to me, um, or maybe I sent it to you, but it was the Thunder's record like throughout their rebuild before last season. They were, I think they were 20, they, they might have not been 22 and 60, but they had, they, they were 23 and something. They had less than 24 wins. Because in the second season, in their second season of their rebuild, they went 24 and 58. And then last year, they jumped up to the play-in. And then now, we see where they're at. And it would be different if Sam Presti wasn't built by the Spurs, but he was. Um, He was literally raised and molded from a 22-year-old intern working for R.C. Buford, you know, overseeing uh, three championships from 2003, 2005, and and 2007. Now he's obviously, we we saw what he did, you know, with having Russ, KD, and James Harden and having that homegrown. And now we've seen what he's done uh, Mm kind of in this second era since then, 
moving all of those guys. They tried to get Paul George there. That didn't work out, but then moved him for SGA, had a pick that turned into Jalen Williams. I could go on and on about that trade, but I think you're getting where what I'm what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna be operating under that same just talent acquisition, get as much as we can. We've got our centerpiece, right, in Wembenyama. Their centerpiece is SGA. Well, and Chet, too, really, mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, but that's 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 the time frame that we're probably operating under, is what I'm saying. So we're probably a year early there, and, and it might take a little bit longer for us, too. You know, I mean, every, every team's different. I, I think that we definitely, I mean... I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. I don't. I probably shouldn't start predicting next year, but I would probably say that it would be reasonable to assume that we'll at least be um, uh, some. You can. We'll be better in a sense that where you can see it. You know what I'm saying? Like it won't just be the same thing uh, that we've seen the past two seasons. And also, we'll see how the rest of this year goes because we still got like 60 games left. It's really early. That's the other thing. Um, but still, from what we've seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to get better until later in the season, like you said, because the fix is just more reps in chemistry. Um, but yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there. No, I think you finished your train of thought, actually. I thought that okay. was a really solid way to end. And I just looked up their records. It was 22 wins, then 24 wins. Then last year they had 40, but they still lost in the second round of the play-in tournament. They were yes. the 10th seed. And now they're looking like like actually pushing for the playoffs. So three and a half years. We're on our second year. Which so, would mean another 20-something 20, 20 odd wins. Yeah. Right. And that kind of, that just ties back into what we were talking about earlier with expectations for the season. Like mm-hmm. when I saw that, I was like, because <laughs> yep. I mean, you know how much, it, you could argue that the Thunder have more overall talent than us and and that's just because of of that clippers trade like the clippers don't have a first round pick until 2030 because the thunder have all of them mm-hmm. yep so that's our synopsis ethan i am going to pull up this because i had it up and and we might as well this has been our season so far man that that sun's game feels so so far away it really does it feels really- so far away when he had it was 40 and 10 Felt so good. Shout and out to Zach Collins, by the way, with 28 against Sacramento. He was having a career night. Yes, he did. He did. Shout out to Zach. And this is the other thing that I'll leave everybody on, Ethan. Dude, look at our schedule moving forward, man. I don't know when we're going to get another win. It might be Portland. It might be. Well, you know, we always show up for the Houston games. That's that's true. It's just they've been playing they've well. They've been that's, playing very it's well. The, but... It's the issue. It'll be tough. And maybe we can hope that New Orleans resting Zion and maybe Brandon. Yeah, maybe we can get some rest games. That would would help us. But it's just like all the issues. That's the other thing that I mentioned last night, not to go on too long here, but like whenever we make a mistake defensively and we're playing a team with stars, they're Mm -hmm. going to take advantage. Yes. So we've got the Clippers again. Then Mm -hmm. we've got Golden State. Then we've got Denver. Then we've got Atlanta. Then we've got New Orleans. <laughs> like, they're stars in all of those games. And then mm-hmm. Houston's playing better. We'll see how that goes. Maybe we can pull that out just because we always play them tough and it's a rivalry game. But then we've got Los Angeles. I mean, Milwaukee. We'll see what Chicago looks like. Maybe that could be one. But you see what I'm saying? Like, you go to Dallas, you go to Utah. 
I mean, there's and then stars. Finally, Portland. <laughs> right. And but there's stars on all those teams. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got Laurie at Utah now. The Mavs are playing pretty good. I mean, it's just you, you get really well, actually. Yeah, Dallas. you get my point. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I, I I was gonna say really good, but I didn't want to um, jinx them. I had well, no, I hadn't checked my, this, their schedule in a little bit, so I didn't want to say that. And then like, oh, they've lost the past two games. <laughs> I think they're one or two in yeah. the West right now. That's what that's what I had heard last. Um, it seemed like they were playing really good from from what I had heard from everybody. I mean, and if you mm-hmm. get Kyrie and Luca to play together, man, that's thirty from both of those guys every night. I know this problems is about, for us. Yeah, not about the Mavericks, but moving Tim Hardaway Jr. to a spark plug six man was like huge. Now he can just score. Um, that's been really helpful for them. Is he is he trying to embody Manu? Not Manu so much. More more so like um, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Yeah, no no handle, but like he's just coming in and he's scoring. As in, in years past, he was starting. Right. He was really just like a corner three point shooter that would sometimes get hot and cold. But now he's actually like playing his game, kind of like how he yeah. was like in New York era. Um, so shout out to him. Yeah. And and coming off the bench now, it should be easier for him to score as well. For sure. So yeah. that kind of ties into anybody who eventually, we, we said this already, um, and obviously it hasn't, hasn't really played out as much for Trey this season. Mm-hmm. But moving forward down the line, if there's anybody who gets moved to the bench because of a pick that we make, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's an example of when you have an infrastructure around you, how it can be successful. Well said, Mr. McLaren. Thank you, Mr. Quintero. All righty. Don't forget to hit that. I, I, I didn't even hit it right. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe for, for Mr. McLaren and, uh, and Mr. Quintero here. I guess we're we're adult enough to say that. Follow us on Twitter at SSP and Almighty at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated with everything. I'm gonna be doing a solo post game tomorrow night, so I'll be hanging out with you guys. But Ethan was here; he came and gave you 40 minutes today, um, and we'll we'll keep you guys updated. I know we took that little hiatus, but we're gonna have three straight days of podcast for y'all, and and y'all stay tuned. Even if we have some hiatuses later in the season. We're not going anywhere. That doesn't mean we disappeared or quit the channel just because the Spurs are on a nine-game losing streak. Just, you know, we, we do have lives outside of this. So sometimes it's just tough to get things scheduled. But we're here. Y'all keep the notification bell on, all that good stuff. Appreciate y'all.